always on a Wednesday, joined by Philip Malloy for movies and television. What date is what's this, today? What's this do you know, Young used to call it the final fling. Remember, he used to have a. Well, he used to call it the Prague as well. Yeah, that's I right, haven't yeah. quite got round to calling the it the Prague. Prague. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, um, what date is today? What date is today? Yeah. Why are you asking me that? Is well, this? I, it's, uh, no, t- I don't know. T- 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 sorry, as they sorry. say on cla- uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is that a trick question? Well, it it actually just shows that I'm losing my mind because we're about twenty something in March. I forgot we're after Patrick's Day because oh, yeah. Morris Micklewhite was born in 1933 on March the 14th. Oh, was he? Morris Micklewhite, of course. Michael Kane. Yeah. So, um, and how did he go from Micklewhite to Kane? How? Well, he said that his agent was talking. He was on a, in a public telephone um, in Leicester Square, and uh, his agent. He was on the phone to his agent, and um, uh, he, uh, okay, he had started to make movies, small movies, even, and he was just being credited in them. And uh, he, 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 he talking away, and uh, the agent said, "But we're going to have to change your name. So, what can we call you? What will we call you?" And the Kane Mutiny apparently was playing uh, in, in one, the Leicester Square Theatre. In, in Leicester Square Theatre, yeah. And so, so he said, Kane, Michael <laughs> Kane. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, um, can I tell us? Now, can I tell the story as well? Tell, go ahead. They asked Kane, "Why did he make so many rubbish movies?" And he said, "Because I was uh, born oh, poor, oh, and sorry. I'm not going back there." Yeah, that's true. And he's certainly not going back there because yeah. he's wealthy aged as he do. But there, there he's was still working. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there was a time um, in the 70s uh, in particular when him and uh, I think it was Gene Hackman were the busiest actors in movies. And sometimes they'd make up to five films a year, which is ferocious. I think we should sort of ask people about Kane's best mm. movies. Yeah. Uh, but we should also ask them because he's made some terrible <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, about who are the worst movies? Well, he did one of the Jaws, one of the worst of the Jaws. Well, you're very predictable, as I know. Like, you'd almost claim that Michael Caine made The Searchers. Uh, the, the, what are you going for here? The Ipcris file? No, okay. First of all, let's just explain to people we, that we got a call from a, um, right. a, a, a mail from yes, a listener, uh, Brian McGrath, asking, is Michael Caine still in, in making movies? And you've answered the question. He certainly is still making movies. Uh, we last saw him in Kingsman, the Secret Service. Um, and then before that within uh, Interstellar and he recently completed a film called The Last Witch Hunt and he's now doing he had a big success with a movie um, with a heist movie called Now You See Me in 2013 and he's done uh, he's working on a sequel to that yeah. so um, now wh- what we want to know he, he actually starts to make movies in 1956 you probably remember that yeah Hill and Korea Oh, yeah, but he was only a bit player. No, was, yeah. was Sean that Connery was his, in the Hill and Korea? I think he might have been in it. Uh, yeah. in, in fact, Stanley Baker, who was in Zulu with him later, was in it. Yeah, because because Kane actually fought in Korea, which is quite interesting. He was oh, in the yeah. British Army and he fought yeah. in Korea. But uh, anyway, what are your three favourites? Well, OK, <laughs> and you talk about being predictable, by the way, because I'm <laughs> telling you now you're going to go for Zulu. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to go for Zulu. I love that one, The Wrong Box. Did you ever see The, the Wrong I did, Box? Yeah. yeah, I really love that. I think Brian Forbes might have had something to do with that. Absolutely, Brian Forbes did have something to do with it, yeah. Um, He made a succession of really nice pick Gambit around that time. I like Gambit as well. Alfie uh, Alfie doesn't hold up, I suppose, uh, but I love the Ipcris file and I love the way he played that character, Harry Harry Palmer. I was a fan of the Len Dayton books that the thing was 
right. Baiting on, uh, based on. But I loved him buying the coffee beans and and like he was wearing glasses. There was a lot of kind yeah. of anti-hero no, about no, him, no, wasn't yeah. there? No, he was considered and and he was he was projected as and he was shaped as as a kind of an antidote to Bond. Yeah, you know, um, he made his own grub. He yeah. was, he was, uh, um, and he lived in a, a small flat, and uh, you know he, he wasn't anything like James Bond. And as you say, he had the glasses, but he was very droll, and he had to, he used his Cockney accent uh, to, to to kind of powerful effect in the part as well. But anyway, my my fa- my favorite is the man who would be king. Oh, well, it's not my favorite. I don't mm. like that at all. But the interesting thing is that you're a huge fan of John Wayne's walk, aren't mm. you? You yeah, think yeah. he's magnificently athletic. Yeah. Michael Caine. M- Mitchum had a great walk. Yes, yeah. Michael Caine is the worst runner ever seen on movies. Watch him run in if he ever runs, particularly if it's. Well, a, I, I, what's wrong with his run? If you it's flat footed, he's got knocked knees, and it's kind of splayed out. He's a terrible. One. His worst movie for me was a shanty. Do you oh, remember that? that? Stuff, stuff. <laughs> but that, that that was the period that I'm talking about where he was just churning him out. I think his wife, his future wife was in that with him. He was just absolutely churning him out and it, he seemed to pay no attention at all to the quality of the scripts that he was doing. And Miss Congeniality. Of course, oh, Miss Congeniality. Um, Hannah and her sisters is, is really first class, I think, as well. He got, I think, the first of his two Oscars for that. Yeah. All right, so if 53106, Harry Brown, uh, Nathan and Cork, uh, that's Vivian Nathan, I'm sure, and Cork, my favourite accountant. Scrooge, he was superb. And Moss agrees with me, of course, about Zulu. Thanks very much. (laughs) Uh, 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 Get Carter was an interesting one. No, Get Carter's very good as well. I mean, uh, you know, he's, uh, okay, he made a lot of stuff. And when you're making a lot of stuff, you're you're bound to make some drudge. But but, but, um, he, he made some good movies as well. Now, uh, you brought news that A Star of Is Born is going to be remade. Now, how many times can they remake this? Well, you ask me that every time we talk about a remake, and I don't know. I don't know how many times you can remake it. But anyway, in this, <laughs> this is A Star Is Born. It's been remade. One of the things about Bradley Cooper at the moment is is he's the, he's one of the, the main stars in Hollywood. and uh, Because he's, he's a sniper. Well, he's it? been helped enormously by, uh, by the success throughout the world of American snipers, taking $528 million at the international but worldwide box office and okay so he's doing A Star is Born as um, a director it'll be his directorial debut producer and I, I'm expecting that he'll be starring in it as well the interesting thing is he's a great friend of Eastwood's Clint Eastwood's and Eastwood was to do A Star is Born in 2011 with Beyonce starring but Beyonce got um, uh, she got pregnant and she had to 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 pull out for want of a better expression and uh, uh, the the the, uh, the thing collapsed the stars born collapsed and Eastwood went on to do Jersey Boys but anyway the answer to your question is the first of the stars born movies was in the Janet Gaynor Frederick Marsh one in 37 wasn't it 1937 then in 1954 there was a brilliant Judy Garland one I love that one I love her version of The Man Who Got Away remember The Man Who Got Away yeah great version of that then there was um, a much disliked um, film or music industry one uh, starring Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson um, in the 70s and uh, and so that's that's basically what we've had we've had four um, the Frederick Marsh one uh, the Judy Garland one 
the Chris Christopherson one and this one. All right. Uh, well, this is it. Does tend, I must say, uh, to to fuel my bias about remakes because I think they got successively worse. Yeah. Did they not? Would you argue with that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I, the best of them, easily the best of them, and. You know, uh, uh, one of the main reasons because is that you like James Mason. Well, yeah, one of the main reasons is is yeah. Norman Maine is played by James Mason in it. Right. I think James Mason was a wonderful actor, so it's him, James Mason, and Charles Bickford is in it as well. Remember Charles Bickford? Yes, he's in it with her, and I think it's probably her best picture, and it's she, it's certainly her best singing in it. And um, so I'd, I'd go for that. I'd say that's the best oh, of them. Uh, many people are telling me, of course, escape to victory with Escape's Michael Caine. How bad could it be? Do you remember who the goalkeeper was in that? Stallone. Now, listen, we had a huge <coughs> row last week. We mm. came to blows nearly about still Alice. No, we didn't. You yeah. have the definitive information yes, now well, on Still Alice, yes. which is really good. Well, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark Anderson, the uh, the boss of Omniplex um, Cinemas, was listening in, and he contacted me after I was going to get on to him anyway, but he contacted me, and he explained <coughs> that this small British distributor, Curzon, um, they had the rights uh, for, the, uh, for the film in this country. Okay, so I was being released now, George, on the 6th of March, and... Uh, so what they wanted to do was release it in um, in Dublin first and then release it in subsequent weeks throughout the rest of the country. But um, Omniplex insisted that they wanted to release it in Cork simultaneously with Dublin. Uh, Curzon Cinemas wouldn't give in. Yeah, uh, Omniplex. Um, Omniplex. Yeah. Curzon Cinemas wouldn't give in to this. Um, so uh, they decided not to release it at all. That's Omniplex decided not to release it at all. So what has happened now is... Uh, Omniplex are going to put it out in four cinemas on what they call a second run uh, uh, basis. So the four cinemas that are getting it uh, are Man Point in Cork. So anybody down there. Great cinema, yeah, Man Point. Yeah. Man Fantastic. Point, Man Point the Omniplex Cork. there, yeah. Yeah, the Swan Centre in Ratmines in Dublin, the Crescent, or the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick, and Dundonald in County Down. And it's, that's from next Friday. Wow. So people will get well. it. Yeah, people. I, I actually fully understand uh, the Omniplex kind of position on this. Um, because you know George a, a movie like this okay it's a very small movie it's 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 built around uh, one performance that's Julianne Moore's performance she got the Oscar for it so apart from that uh, you know from that point of view the Oscar was helping it the Oscar was attracting attention to it and I would understand you know an exhibitor trying to get as much out of that as possible uh, you know as quickly as possible and uh, but uh, Curzon didn't see it that way, obviously. All right. Anyway, it's coming out um, this weekend. Now, one, I, I think many people of, of a certain generation, still their favourite animated film will be Cinderella mm. because it might have been part of a very early visit to the cinema. Yeah. You've got to be an old age pensioner to say this, of course, but, but it is. Now, what is this Cinderella that well, you're talking about, well, a new release? Yeah, What's that? Yeah, could I just say to you, okay, the, the one you're talking about is from 1950. 
and I think it was one of the earliest um, uh, f- full-length animation pictures that Disney did. Uh, but this, anyway, is um, is a remake of sorts in that, but but it is a live-action version of, oh. uh, of the story. Okay, and it's made by Kenneth Branagh. I interviewed Kenneth Branagh last week, and I have to say, George, I found it to be one of the most charming um, film people I've ever talked to. He was a gorgeous guy, lovely guy. Anyway, it's, this one stars um, Lily James. You know Lady Rose in Downton Abbey? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's Lily, Lily James. Right, okay. And she plays, she plays Cinderella in, um, in this. Kate Blanchett is the, the, the wicked stepmother. Um, Helena Bonham Carter is great fun in it. She plays the, the, God, the fairy godmother. And Richard Madden then from um, A Game of Thrones is the, the prince in it. Now, the thing about a, a story like this is because it's so familiar because, and, and because the characters are so ir- I, 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 iconic, it is hard, I think, to think of a way of doing something different with it. And obvi- uh, obviously, the subject matter is quite sacred, I suppose, uh, to Disney. That said, th- well, I'm, my point there is that there aren't an awful lot of surprises in it. Uh, that said, it looks gorgeous. It is The colour palette is just wonderful. And there's the great sort of sweeping use of the camera. It's pros- positively okay. uh, operatic, I, I think. And uh, so I think from that point of view, the music in it, by the way, is very, very good. It's by the um, I- Irish uh, composer Patrick Doyle, who works regularly uh, with Kenneth Branagh. Um, I, I have to say I liked it. I mean, I, I, there are no great surprises in it, as I said, uh, but it's it's very very well done. It's a very handsome picture. All right, now just more b- rubbish movies from yeah. Michael Caine. The Swarm. Do you remember all the oh, bees? <laughs> Do you remember that? Too, and uh, a lot of people think Zula was his best. Somebody thinks Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Now there's another no, remake. No, it's artist. not inferior to yeah. David Niven and. Uh, Marlon Brando yeah, in yeah. the original and the wonderful star of Oklahoma was in the original Dirty Rotten Scoundrels father of Davy Jones or whatever his name mother of Davy Jones or whatever his name was uh, what's her <laughs> name come on help me out <laughs> here and Anyway, Elvis was the first cho- ch- uh, choice for the role of Star is Born in no, 1976. That's, that's true. Andrew O'Shea. That's true. Yeah, is that yeah, true? That's, uh, that's true. Um, now, it here's was directed one. by a fellow called Frank Pearson, and he apparently he was driven mad working with... Um, with Chris her, with, no, working with her, with, with Barbara Streisand. Right. Apparently she was very, very different. Now, Kieran and Ranella says, wasn't Neil Diamond in a version of A Star is Born? No, he wasn't. Yeah. Was he not in the one about that Al Jolson? That's right. The first talkie. Right. What was that, it called? That's right. Um, the first talkie. Well, Al Jolson. No, it was called the, Jolson. No, no, no. no it wasn't no. called Jolson. The Jolson made the a The jazz movie. singer. The jazz, jazz singer. singer yeah. Was the first ever <coughs> talkie. Now, apparently, I love these kind of reviews because you can get them over them in 30 seconds. Yeah. Nobody should go and see Hard Times. Oh, yeah. stop. Now, and uh, even the title is meant to be suggestive, obviously. Uh, okay, there's a, uh, there's a rating in America called an R rating, and it's supposed to be the equivalent, I suppose, of a censor's classification. But as it's developed, it's become more, I think, a brand for foul-mouthed comedy. And the latest example is Hard Times, in which Will Farrell he plays this wealthy hedge fund manager. He's sentenced to 10 years in prison for fraud and given 30 d- days to get his affairs in order. And what does he do? Uh, he, he employs this black... Um, car washer 
whom he ignorantly decides is an expert on incarceration and he employs him to prepare him for life in San Quentin. And most of the preparation involves him being sexually attacked and oh, that kind of stuff. All right, okay. It's, 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 it, it's already been discussed in America as racist and homophobic and various other oh, things. Oh, really? Besides. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. okay, but it's in Dublin. It's in Dublin, open in Dublin uh, this weekend. All right, don't go and see it. Seventh Son, Medieval Seventh Son, what? Yeah, Seventh Son, it's a medieval fantasy and it stars Jeff Bridges uh, Julianne Moore again Ben Barnes who comes across quite nicely in it I have to say he's developing and Kit Harrington uh, from Game of Thrones and it's already been considered widely considered to be one of the turkeys of the year <laughs> and it's uh, yeah uh, Bridges plays uh, he, he for some reason George they have Jeff Bridges gargling his lines almost in it uh, he plays brother Gregory who's an ancient knight with supernatural powers um, who's mentoring the seventh son of a seventh son played by Ben Barnes uh, while fending off this evil witch Mother Malkin is her name and she's played by Julianne um, Moore because we have a lot of seven sons of seven sons in this well, country and they're healers yeah yeah you go to them like if you have arthritis what was and all that, that what sort that of chap Nolan was Nolan yeah, that's yeah, right he was yeah. the seventh son yeah, yeah. listen we, we have when you say Irish filmmaker is hot property oh stop you know, that, what does hot property that, mean that, that's, a, that's a, a very important story I think um, okay first of all his name is Rory Robinson and uh, he, he okay he, he, he's, he's working on a film called Leviathan and it became one of the hottest properties in Hollywood this week when the X-Men uh, producer a fellow called Simon Kinberg and the director producer Neil Bloomkamp they joined a kind of formidable, a formidable group of uh, team behind the, the, this project Leviathan now what he did was he it, it, Leviathan is supposed to be um, a version of Moby Dick in space and what he did was he he created a three and a half minute what they call proof of concept George a proof of concept basically is you laying out the idea visually in in, a, in trailer form and so what he did was he did this and he put it up on Vimeo and on YouTube and uh, in, in just over a week he's had two million visits on both sites Two million visits, and uh, the, the people seem to be very, very excited about it. Um, uh, Kinberg is behind it, as I say. Uh, various others. The, the thing about um, this chap, Rory Robinson, is he made a, he's, he made a several shorts. Then he made a feature which came out last year called "Last Days on Mars." I spoke to him several times from Hollywood uh, about it. I liked it better than he liked it, and uh, uh, but I think that this is potentially George um, one of the biggest movie projects that's ever been wow. happened. In in this country. So. All right, now, uh, do you remember I asked you, David Niven, Marlon Brando, yeah. and uh, the, the, uh, woman from, oh, the woman from Oklahoma, yeah. Jennifer Jones. Oh, of course. Yeah, I knew it was Jones. And Maria gave me Jennifer Jones. She made a mistake, though. She thought Howard Keel was in it. It wasn't no. Howard <laughs> Keel. It was... No, well, Howard Keel was under uh, was a singer, obviously, and he was yeah. under a contract MGM at that stage, at, yeah, well, but, in the but 50s. The fella was, and he made a lot of movies with Doris Day as well, and he he uh, became a terrible alcoholic, and his career. Uh, Gig Young. 
No, no, no. King Young couldn't sing. No, he couldn't in sing. In Oklahoma. But, but, he, but he, oh. certainly became, he, he certainly became an alcoholic. Oh, he did. He shot his wife and himself. So here's a bit of Michael Caine trivia. Peter in Black Rock says, in the Dark Knight movie, there's a scene where the Joker bursts out of a lift in Bruce Wayne's apartment and is met by Alfred. Caine was so terrified by Heath Ledger in full character that he forgot his lines. Uh, <laughs> Nolan kept it in the movie. Well, that, that, that's unusual because he was always and has always been considered okay. to be a great pro, by the way. Maria was wrong. Of course it wasn't Jennifer Jones. Yeah, yeah. It was Shirley Jones, Jones. mother of David Casty. Yeah. Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones certainly wasn't a singer. That's no, always throwing me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jennifer Jones was in a film about Fatima, wasn't she? Or, that's or, right. or yeah, Lord no, no, or about, something. It's about, yeah, about, about Fatima. About, it's about... No, it's about, Lord. it's about was Lord. Was she married? Vincent Price was in it as well. Was she married to she the was. mad guy? She was. Oh, was his name? <laughs> she was married Howard to Hughes. She was married to Howard Hughes. No, no, not Howard Hughes. No, she was. Well, she was married to another bad guy. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> she wasn't married to Howard Hughes. What's the X-Files getting a reboot? What does that mean? Well, it's, um, what is happening is it's been talked about for years. First of all, as you well know, the X-Files went, went, went on for about nine seasons and uh, it was a big, a big success and it's been talked about it's one of those series that the revival of it has been talked about on the internet for ages and what's happened now is Fox Television announced yesterday that they're bringing it back for six episodes uh, as as what they call event television and so I presume what they'll do is that by the way the two stars are coming back and Chris Carter the creator of it is coming back uh, so what I presume they'll do is they'll have a look at the six episodes see how they go and then decide whether they want to do any more. The fellow got drunk who was in Oklahoma, Gordon McRae. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he was fabulous. <laughs> he was a good singer. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but he made great ones with Doris Day as well. Who played Very, the villain in it? Who played the villain? Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger. Curly was his name. I, yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Howard Keel was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's where Maria's getting mixed up. Mixed up, up yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Now, um, the. the uh, oh, listen. Who is Amanda Knox? That doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, God, does. You remember, all right. It's the, yeah, remember the, the case in, it was a Perugia of um, um, this American. She's from Seattle and her Italian boyfriend and are supposed to have murdered um, an, an English student. Yeah, I remember that. But that's coming. That is yeah. case it's is this happening. Week, this week. This yeah. Week. Now, uh, apparently... See, I was saying to myself, there can't be a movie about a case that's literally coming up this week. Yeah, and um, Michael Winterbottom is the director, and we have him on the show on Saturday night, but it's... it's, Okay, apparently what what happened, okay, first of all, she was tried and convicted, and then apparently there was an appeal, and there was some problem with the evidence, and she got out on appeal, and then uh, the appeal was appealed, and she was found guilty again. And apparently what happens in the Italian courts is the uh, Supreme Court has to have final say on stuff like this. So they're waiting now uh, for the word. And the the movie is. And And the movie, which is The Face of an Angel by Michael Winterbottom, it's out this week. All right. Now, uh, who have you got on the picture show? Well, we have Russell Crowe. Um, I was hoping to have him last week, but it was embargoed. Uh, uh, we have Russell Crowe. We have Noah Baumbach, a, f- a wonderful American director, and Michael Winterbottom. What time? 
Just after six o'clock on Saturday. Six o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah. On News Talk, no less. On San Peter Malloy and Michael Quilligan, the production team was Emma O'Shea, uh, Stephen Higgins, and <laughs> Alex Rousseau. Uh, the uh, producer was Mark Simpson, and Philip Malloy will be back uh, next Wednesday. Vital question before you go from yeah. Pizor. What in the name of the Lord is Liam Neeson doing on the Entourage movie? From what I can see, he's playing a spoof character. Is he yeah, short no, of cash? No, well, uh, he's certainly not short of cash. Didn't we have a night yeah. in there? But is the movie any good? We haven't seen it yet. It hasn't come out yet. Oh, it's, right. it's a spin-off from that television series Entourage. Right. You know, we're all kinds of film stars oh, turn yeah. up. Yeah. Do you mean, I was trying to, when you said to me hard times and you were saying as the name of the movie suggests. I have a listener here telling me it's called Get Hard. Is that oh, right? Oh, sorry, Get Hard. Get Hard, it is. <laughs> now, your listener's dead right. It is. I thought maybe that, you were afraid you were to, trying say to it. Fi- you were trying to figure out where the double entendre was. <laughs> yes, I, I see. So, it's, it, no, it's Get Hard. Get hard. Right. Well, I have hard times in that He's, particular area, I'm, but I'm, I didn't know. Right. Howard Keel, of course, famously played in Calamity Jane with... Uh, Barbara Hutton, who was discovered cleaning the kitchen in a convent years later. Betty Hutton, do you remember her? And was she not the heir to a fortune or something, to the Hutton family? No, that was the Hutton one who married Cary Grant. She was the heir to the Woolworths fortune. Do you remember there was Woolworths in Wexford where you used to go? (laughs) 